Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Television history is contained in the box of delights. Hello, I'm Julia Rayside. Each episode, my guest chooses a favourite TV memory to talk about. Joining me today is the comedian and writer Mitch Ben. Mitch, welcome. Hello. And what have you brought today to talk about? All right. 1986, I think about May, April, May, nice, spring of 1986, anyway. Mm-hmm. The very first comic relief show, when before comic relief became an institution, it was, ah. it was, it was a, a series of comedy galas that I think was at the Albert Hall. It was definitely in a big theatre yeah. of some sort, wasn't it? I, this, I couldn't recognise it. It was very much kind of in reaction to Live Aid. It was kind of, let's do a comedy Live Aid. Yeah. So let's do a single one off Live Spectacular. So I think they did two or three. And it's Rick Mayles' opening routine. Oh. Obviously, because the single, the comic relief single that year was was Cliff and the Young Ones doing Little Yes, Dog. they were literally and, just at number one. And ultimately, they all come on and do it. But Rick goes out on his own first and just does something. It's a smart move to send him on first. Just, it? It's just the most bizarre thing. When Rick Mail died, I was 44, and it suddenly occurred to me, in retrospect... That when I was a teenager in the eighties, he and Aid were my rock stars. Oh, completely. They were my rock stars. If comedy ever became anything like rock and roll, which it sort of didn't, but yeah. that you're right, they were anarchy. I they obs- were. I obsessed about those guys. Yeah. The way that you're supposed to obsess about rock music in, in, in your teams, which is weird considering I've ended up in bands and everything. But you yeah, know, yeah. Basically, in the eighties, I wasn't listening to a lot of contemporary music. I had a weird obsession with 1960s psychedelia, but that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> um, but I wasn't listening to a lot of contemporary because basically, if you weren't into the Smiths. And I wasn't into the Smiths. <laughs> you but, were ahead of the curve there, because now no one's into the well, Smiths. Well, <laughs> people are pretending that they weren't. You know, it's a perfectly good band, but yeah, the problem was I thought Morrissey was a wanker. You yeah. know, right? I thought he was again in, ahead of the curve I on that one. Insufferable <laughs> wanker, I really did. And you know, the internet right now is a blaze of people saying, "Well, Morrissey's turned out to be a bit of a lead." I said, "Well, yeah. not if you thought he was a twat in 1983." <laughs> you know, um, well, but, you can feel <laughs> smug about that. What was it about Rick Mail? Rick Mail was. Aid Emerson is perhaps a more naturally humorous presence, but Rick Mail's just a, was just a force of bloody nature. And particularly what he does here, because it's just Rick totally unhinged. He sings this song, which is this extremely loose cover version of Do You Love Me and or Land of a Thousand Dances. Yeah. Well, do you love me? Yeah, yeah. Do you think I'm great? Yeah, yeah. Do you really like me? Yeah, yeah. Or would you like to see my pants? During which he just basically runs around in circles and threatens to expose himself. Yeah. That's literally all just he does. parts of his body. Yeah, and he's just, got like the red beret. Yes, that he's, character. he's just a lick. He's just a lick from the young yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because ultimately the rest of the young ones are going to come out with him. Yeah. So he's there very much in Canada's lick. Think about Rick Mail was there was a sort of weird 
purity to his minimalism. Because like, when we first encountered him, of course, was Kevin Turvey. Yeah. Uh, in Kick Up the Eighties. When yeah. and I've I've since discovered the backstory behind that, and it kind of makes what he then does for the rest of the Eighties make a lot more sense. Oh really? Because they initially wanted it to be part of the sketch troupe, and he was like, "No, I'm not a sketch performer. I Brilliant. can't be asked. I don't want it." But they said, well, <laughs> "I'm a re- solo artist." Yeah, <laughs> but we really want you in the show. And he said, "So how about we just give you like a four minute bit?" And at the time, his writing partner was Jeff Posner, and they sat down to all oh, four minutes. I four didn't minutes. know that. Yeah, there's um... like oh, four minutes, four minutes. We've got four minutes on a BBC Two show. We can't waste it. What we can't waste it. What we can do? Can't yeah. And they thought bollocks, waste it. Brilliant. Do fuck all. <laughs> do literally fuck all. And it is all. one of the most legendary fuck all sit, performances. Sit there and drone on about fuck all for four minutes. And that was what they're going to... And, and, and Kevin Turvey, it's almost anti-comedy. It's, it's, yeah. it's, you know, the, it's funny because of how boring it is. Yeah. There was something so irresistible about just the sheer mischief of everything Rick Mayle did. Yeah. It's like somebody got the world's naughtiest seven-year-old, <laughs> filled him full of sugar and just Told went, him loads of rude yeah, words. told him all the rude words <laughs> of the world and just turned him loose. <laughs> and, and and I watched this at the age of 16, already just a colossal Rick and Aid Young Ones yeah. fan. You know, I'm the guy who remembers Filthy Rich and Catflap. I love that show. Oh, I do remember you know, it, actually. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and, and watching this, and ju- I nearly shat. I just thought, <laughs> it, and I still, to this day, think it's one of the funniest things. I mean, well, at the, one point he does say, I've just shit my pants, yeah, shit joking, my pants. and then he realises yeah, yeah, he yeah. really has the yeah, character. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, you know, and that pelvic thrust he kept doing. Lick? Yeah, you can't say lick without doing it. God, it was funny. I was heartbroken when Rick Mayle Yeah, I see, I'm, I'm not over yeah. it. Did no, you not? No, no, never met. I've met Aid a couple of times, and yeah. Aid's lovely. This is the, the way and I met Nigel Planer a couple of times as well, and yeah. he's great too. When The Young Ones season one came out, I was 12, and if I'm honest, a lot of it kind of went a bit over my head. Yeah. And then season one came out, I was 14 and a half. Summer days, and, and again. I mean, watch, that's the perfect age. Oh my God. Watching Bambi <laughs> season two, episode one, the University Challenge one. Oh God. Brilliant. I laughed so hard, I thought it was going to start bleeding. You know what I mean? I just, I just, I'm fairly sure I've torn something. <laughs> Uh, oh my god when Vivian gets his head torn you know again there's a purity to that kind of extremism it's like no 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 you know he's going to stick his head out the window and get his head torn off and piss blood everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then he's going to find his head and his head's going to tell him to fuck off and he's going to boot his head down the line. I think you know that's it. I mean? the, same thing with, the, same, the same thing with Bottom as well, that yeah. they realised their strength was in, no, actually make it look like we're really bludgeoning each other with yeah. frying pans yeah. and, 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 and the evil whatever. scraps and, on the Halloween episode. You yeah. know, you can almost see them in the you know, in the meeting with, with the practical effects group. Yeah. yeah. No, jets of flame out the arse. <laughs> no. Actual, no, don't, don't do it in post. And it doesn't jets work. Jets of flame yeah. out the Ass. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and I love those guys. They were absolutely my era. You know, but they, I mean? they did know? their entrance into this performance, in particular the comic relief one, is so yeah. brilliant. Like you said, you send out your best guy. They're all yeah. brilliant, but you send out the most ballsy, unapologetic. The guy can just basically, you know, tell the audience to piss off and for ev- five minutes, yeah. and just it's the funniest thing you've ever and seen. And everyone's just kind of adoring him. The, oh, the, the, the cruder he gets, the more they love him. Yeah, and then, and then he talks about he's he's a man with a two foot cock, and yes. then he's. <laughs> And then, and then he, he says something like, um, they asked me to come on Terry Wogan. I mean, I said I'd do the show. <laughs> Which is like one of my favourite gags of all time. <laughs> oh, God, he was funny. And he man. walks into the microphone. The physical yeah. stuff is as yeah. good as the verbal and he, stuff. And, 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 but he also just... But yeah, then they bring on the young ones. Visually, he was extraordinary. Rick Mel was one of those guys. He and Christian Bale. Huh. Are the two guys who can be as handsome or as ugly as they want to be at oh, any given minute. Oh, I know minute. what you mean, because Rick Mail was 
unbelievably Rimmel beautiful. Rimmel was a jaw-droppingly good-looking man. so beautiful. Except when he didn't want to be. Yeah. And yeah. then he was just revolting. He could just see the muscles yeah. in his face could and, do and, something. And, and yeah. it wasn't a makeup thing. It wasn't a hair thing. It's just like, yeah. right, I'm going to be ugly now. And you're like, oh, God. Yeah. I mean, he's repellent in bottom. Oh, completely. He's just All of his repellent. characters always have their pants pulled up higher <laughs> than their trousers. Like, it just yes. seems to be a, a theme. Yeah. He's For, like, 30 years he yeah, did that. He's just <laughs> appalling. He's, like, sweaty and disgusting. And, yeah. Like, you know. and, and, I mean, and, bottom especially because he was older and chubbier and had long hair. Yeah. And he was, but strangely still, very yeah, alluring. And, and like hair too long for how bald he's going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, just yeah. everything about, and, and yeah, but, you know, he could just snap out because, you know, Bastard, he's just jaw-droppingly good looking. Well, that's you know, my only, know. my only Rick Mel story, which I think I might even have told oh, this podcast, so I'll that's tell it. it quickly. Please, please. I had a very, very miserable time working in the basement ITN years ago, oh, like right. being a sort of a news mon- monkey, just like churning yes. out stories from the newswires. And there was a glass wall next to sort of my desk yes. with a, a security door. And uh, suddenly someone started rattling it. This is about sort of like six in the evening. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. And I turned around and pressed up against the glass was Alan Bastard's face. <laughs> going, fucking let me in, fucking let me in. Just furious <laughs> with a couple of PR people floating behind him. I sort of like sort of like pressed the buttons, let him in kind of with my hand shaking. And he just yeah. charged around the office, obviously doing PR for the West End oh, show or God, something. Yeah. And it was the happiest I've ever been. Just to go from being so miserable oh, in that yeah. basement to suddenly my life being lit up by yes. my, my comedy hero. It yeah. was great. It, it was, was amazing. Just, it was just an absolute force. And no one else could have done that and carried it no, off. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah, Rick Mail could tell you to fuck off, and it would be the happiest moment of your yeah, life. Honestly, it's like being, yeah. but like yeah. getting benediction. It was. Or it's like being blessed by the Pope, being told to fuck off. Seriously, by Rick nobody could tell you to fuck off like Rick Mail. No, and, no. <laughs> I still haven't accepted that he's gone. Him, I know. him and Victoria Wood. I don't, no, oh, don't, I don't even start me. No, that, I don't that, accept that, it. That tore my heart right out of my yeah. body when Victoria Wood. My me kids too. are watching me again. It's funny so much of this stuff. All the Victoria Wood on TVs are on Netflix. Yes, and my kids are absolutely obsessed with them. Yeah, they're completely brilliant because they, they, they so don't good. date really they don't really they're no. an entirely you know a lawn to themselves yeah 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 her and Rick Mail actually when when I've asked people like what if you did my podcast what would you do and their names come up almost every well, time the two people you'd bring back from the dead well I'm mean, actually yes yeah, so if yeah. we can do that I mean this yeah. podcast obviously can do anything so if you'd like to now you have to choose yeah. between them though is it Rick or is it Victoria no that's oh, an awful yeah, thing no, to no, say no, 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 I yeah. would never make it no. that's awful no jeez no, yeah, absolutely was this like a I'm going to work in comedy moment or did that come before or later I don't know I mean you know it wasn't really a conscious decision working comedy for me and I think that's going to be quite common among my generation How did you sort of slide into it then? What happened? I sidetracked into it I mean the first time I ever did comedy this is a very long boring story it's in the middle of my degree I did Spanish and French uh, at Edinburgh University oh, and nice. that was what I was supposed to be doing but I actually spent most of my time in the Bedlam Theatre and in particular with the, the improv troupe who are still going Oh really? And I was up at the Fringe like the year before last and they flyed me Amazing <laughs> And I was standing the whole of this fly going ah, <laughs> Hi I was, guys <laughs> I was in this before you were born Oh wow You, know, you were that guy Guy. All right, old you know. father time, move oh, along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the guy who brought improv to Edinburgh Uni was a Canadian guy, because it's kind of a Canadian yes, thing. Yes, yes. The whole called, proof yeah. thing and the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. a guy called Toff Marshall. It was invented by a guy called Keith Johnson in Calgary. Basically. Okay. Yeah, the, the Loose Moose Theatre Company. Toff Marshall, hello Toff if you're listening, came to Edinburgh University to do his postgrad in classics ah. and kind of instituted improv at the Bedlam Theatre, which is part of the Edinburgh University yeah. Theatre, which mm-hmm. is still going. Before uh, you go, yes. would you mind taking there the Box of Delights and Here putting it a is. question? I have the Box of delights. Who do you want to read you a Jack and Ori story? Okay, bearing in mind Rick Mail has actually Rick done Mail, one. Yeah, he used to do them and he was brilliant. And obviously, um, aside from you can have him as like a desert island Jack and Ori story, yeah. but who's who else? Well, somebody else would have been good who's also gone. Did Alan Rickman ever do one? Oh, God, he should have done he if he didn't. The best, that voice. He? Let's think. Who's just got the most amazing. Yeah, all right. Here's what I want to do a Jack and Ori story Liev Schreiber. <laughs> 
really? Ray Donovan, yeah. Do because you? he's just got the best voice. He's got this real out-of-the-floorboards growl. Would you be too be, excited you know, to go to sleep yeah. if he was reading either that, either that or Liam Neeson. Yeah, oh, like okay. Liam Neeson, do, Liam Neeson or Lee Schreiber to do a Jack and Orange. I story. think Liam Neeson would lull you gently I off to the Liam land Neeson of Nod. I think Liam Neeson would probably do it if, you, if they asked him. <laughs> I, th- I think lots of people would because it's a real children. cachet thing for your children, yeah. isn't it? Oh, you sitting comfortably. I'll begin. I'll begin. I will find you and I will kill you. Sorry, once children. Once upon a time. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for bringing Rick Malin and Mitch. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can find links to the YouTube clips from today's episode on our Twitter feed at Box Delights Pod. Come and say hello. Bye. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens.